When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. Six Here's a lead pass, Kopitar, breakaway, behind Larson to the net, wrist shot score! Andrei Kopitar tucks it home short side, and the Kings take a 3-2 lead with 15 and a half to go. Big game for Anze Kopitar, a goal and two assists. Dustin Brown with a hat trick and the low-scoring last-place Los Angeles Kings put up five against the Edmonton Oilers. Granted, the two of them into an empty net in the final minute. And 5-2 Los Angeles is your final damage as the Oilers go 1-1-1 on their three-game road trip. They're 1-1-1 under new head coach Ken Hitchcock. Thanks a lot for staying up tonight. It's 11:37 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line as uh, the Oilers in this one apply a lot of pressure in the third period once they got down 3-2 but could not tie it up. Calvin Peterson filling in for a couple injured goaltenders on the Los Angeles Kings winds up making 32 saves Cam Talbot in net for Edmonton tonight he stopped 27 of 30 but he suffers his 6th consecutive loss he hasn't won in almost a month since he beat Chicago back on October 28th you can reach us at 780-496-0063 and you can text us at 630-630 right, Rob well this is a disappointing ending to the road trip the Oilers uh, hanging around in this game but a couple of the Kings stars really coming through big tonight. Well, it's disappointing the fact that the Oilers were 13 seconds away from winning or 14 seconds away, whatever it was, in Anaheim winning, going two in a row and having a chance against the worst team in, in the National Hockey League to sweep the trip. They lose the game in Anaheim in overtime. Then they come in here and uh, L.A. has been struggling. They lost last night to Vancouver. Their best players have not been very good this year. They're missing their top goalie and their backup goalie. And they're tied going into the third period. And you think, all right, you know what? They're playing the back of, of two games, back-to-back games, the, the Kings are. The Oilers should have a little more energy in the third period. And one big mistake, uh, Adam Larson gets caught uh, watching the puck. Kopitar, the, the best player on the ice by far tonight, slides in behind him, and now the Oilers are chasing. And uh, the, the L.A. Kings goalie was very good tonight. One save better than Cam Talbot and a trip that started so great in San Jose and looks so good in Anaheim ends on a sour note. And this team's probably coming home feeling they left some points on the road. 5-2, the Kings take it. So the Oilers fall back below 500, 10-11-2. Really a miserable run for the Oilers. They're 2-7-1 in their last 10 games. I mean, just for some context, we've been talking about how poorly Vancouver's been doing 
lately. Well, Vancouver beat LA last night, and the Canucks are also 2-7-1 and in their last 10 games. So the Oilers sitting sixth in uh, the Pacific Division, three points behind third place Vegas with a couple of games in hand. They'll host Vegas in the final game of the upcoming three-game homestand. I mean, Rob, for, for the Oilers, I, I thought there were there were a lot of chances both ways in this game. I don't know if it was, in my mind, I didn't think it was a very detailed game by either team. But, you know, it's 2-2. They gave up a couple two-on-ones in the last six minutes of the second period. And then, as you referenced, they give up the breakaway to Kopitar four and a half minutes into the third. And it was it was Brown and Kopitar on those two-on-ones as well. So they were leaking chances to the wrong guys tonight. Well, it, it's hard scoring in the National Hockey League. And the Oilers, as we saw in the third period, they pressed. But every time they pressed, there was it was five kings in front of the net. You're trying to get shots through bodies, through sticks. And, and the battles are between, you know, there's six six guys battling in front of the net. Those were the opportunities that the Oilers were trying to get. On the other end, the LA Kings, two-on-one, two-on-one, two-on-one breakaway. Those were the chances they were getting. And... Uh, as you see, it's hard to score when there's guys laying down in front of the net trying to, to block shots. It's much easier to score when you have wide-open opportunities. So the, the mistakes the others made were huge, none bigger than Larson getting caught watching the play. And on that one there, the goal, the two, three others, I think, were fighting with three kings in the corner just below the hash marks in the offensive end. And Kopitar reading it, that then L.A. King picked up the puck, took off. Got it was up by the far blue line. Adam Larson is watching the play and he's not watching where his man is. By the time the LA King, I think it was Forbert, was the one that brought the puck out. Larson, you can see him in the video or, or the replay. He looks, oh no, Kopitar is behind me, but it was too late. And you just can't get caught. That'd be like the LA Kings, Drew Doughty watching the play and Connor McDavid David sliding behind him. You have to know where the best players on the other team are at all times. If you don't, if you get caught, they make you pay, and Kopitar did. Yes, he pulled you every played seven minutes and 43 seconds tonight. How do you do? Didn't really notice him. Honestly, I mean, in in his defense, it was only seven minutes of ice time, uh, and I think he had a couple shifts where he, he played with Connor McDavid, but for the most part, it was fourth line minutes. Again, uh, if you look at the lineup, the the young, inexperienced players were the players that got the least amount of ice time. That's the way Hitch coaches, and the veteran players get the most. Now, having said that, uh, the best line for the others tonight again was. I would think Brodziak, Cassian, and Lucic. Again, very good. Now, the problem with that line, if there's a problem, is there's not a lot of touch. So they can work you, work you, work you, create opportunities, but they don't have the deft touch. They're not the one-shot strike type of, of line, but they were the best line. They worked hard, getting pucks in deep. They are doing the things that Ken Hitchcock likes. All right, Oilers lose 5-2 to the Los Angeles Kings, 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Sid to the show. Go ahead, Sid. Hey, how's it going? Good. I just wanted to comment on, uh, like, when's enough enough? We don't have maybe two. Maybe we have two NHL-caliber wingers on this team. Uh, I'm just wondering, why couldn't we pick up Jeff Skinner or Mike Hoffman? Well, Sid, I, I don't think they were ever in on uh, on Skinner. As for Hoffman, I mean, you got to remember something too, Sid. Every, every player that is available is not destined to be an oiler, right? I mean, GMs no, no, talk and, and go yeah. to other teams, so. Oh, I understand that, but I, I just mean, 
Like, I'm sick of picking up the Ryan Spooners and the Ryan Stroms. I'd like to pick up an impactful player just once. Well, I mean, well, yeah, the, you're the, right. I mean, that's why they're doing poorly. Well, the Oilers feel they did that last year when they picked up Milan Lucic, or two years ago they felt they did that when they picked up Sekra. So those are the impactful players that they tried to pick up, yeah, and we're hoping it would be better. Winger specifically. Well, Lucic, impactful player. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what they're I, looking I, for. I, I, I'm, I'm, the, the problem, it, too, it is like, a guy like Skinner, like you can't afford, though. Defenses. You can't afford a guy like Skinner. He's going to get a new contract this year, probably upwards of, well, $6 million. So they can't afford a player like that on their line in their lineup right now. Yeah, but I, mean, no but I mean, Sid, that's that's an ongoing theme, and I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to brush you aside, but I mean that's a, an obvious problem. That's the main reason Shirelli's under fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the the I still think Big David Nugent Hopkins and and Drysaddle obviously are the three best offensive players on the team. I know Nuge doesn't have as many goals as Chason, but Chason's basically the fourth biggest threat to score on the team. And, yeah, the, you know he was he was a PTO, so absolutely, there's the the scoring depth isn't there. It's unacceptable, man. Like Evgeny Malkin's their second line center on on Pittsburgh, uh, obviously a generational player, but he plays beside Kessel, right? Yep. I, I just wish we could one time just swing a good deal for a player like that. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's, that's fair, Sid. Thanks. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Kings beat the Oilers 5-2. Whenever the Oilers get five in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer. Three locations, Japanese Village, Downtown, Southside, and Northside. Oilers coming home now. They will play Dallas on Tuesday. Oilers drop to 6-7-1 and one on the road. Their home record, uh, not good. Just 500 on home ice, 4-4-1. Four, four the Kings with this victory snap a five-game home ice losing streak to go to 5-8-1 and one at Staples Centre. I referenced Talbot. Now he has a personal six-game losing streak. How would you judge his play tonight? Um, okay. Um, I mean, again, there, you don't look at any goals and fault him on it. Uh, but every once in a while you, you need a huge save. And, I mean, Kopitar's on a breakaway. You make a save there, they come back, probably win the hockey game. Having said that, it was a great move by Kopitar. So the the goalie in the other end, and what is it, Peterson? Is that what yep. it is? Peterson was better. And 99% of the time, the, the team with the better goalie in the game wins a hockey game. Peterson was better than Talbot tonight. We have Scott in Boston on the line. Hi, Scott. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thank no. you for taking the call. I've got two points. Am I on? Can you hear me if you don't mind me asking? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Two points. Two points. I'm going to start with Lucic, okay? Trade him yesterday. He's lost his Okay, what's fire. your second point, Scott? You know he can't be traded. So what's your second point? Why can't he? He's got a no he's got trade. A no movement clause. I didn't know that. Thank you for the education. You know why? And he's nice and comfy in his hometown collecting the money. He, he's a major problem on this Edmonton team. And I've been an Oiler fan in Boston since I was five years old. All right, second point. Mick, he's, that's a cancer on this team, just so you know. Secondly, Mick, yeah, it is. Secondly, McDavid's line mates. All right? Now, Dreisdale is awesome, no doubt. Who, and I, I, I ask this ignorantly, who is the other, I only listen on the radio, if you're on TV. I'm Ryan Spooner. Okay. Oh, God, another ex-Bruin? Yep. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me. I want to, let me leave you with this, okay? You know who this, I do know a little hockey. I played it and coached it. What McDavid needs 
is Drysdale's awesome. He needs the fastest skater in the Oilers organization. I don't care if they have to go to the AHL to get him. Who's their fastest skater? Yeah, you better be one of the fastest. Yeah, you asked, you asked us this a couple weeks ago, and then Reader's another fast guy, and he's hurt. And Nugent well, Hopkins obviously is fast. I don't care if he's 19 years old out of college hockey. Spooner, Spooner might be as fast ice. as anyone else they have, though. Say that again, please. Spooner might be the next fastest guy. Dude, if Ryan Spooner is McDavid's linemate, there's a problem. But you problem. just said you, you put the fastest guy there, though. There. You just said put the fastest guy there. Spooner's the Spooner's fastest guy. Me. Well, I well I challenge that. Ryan Spooner is not the fastest guy. On the others, the on the others, on the others. Who's their right A? Who's their A affiliate? It was in the minors. Bakersfield. The Bakersfield. AHL affiliate. I should Bakersfield. know this. Bakersfield. Okay. Are you trying to tell me if you did a fastest skating contest, Ryan Spooner beat everybody on Edmonton and Bakersfield? Actually, probably. I as far disagree. as I know, yeah, it's probably as far as I know. Spent. McDavid is a massive talent. Absolutely. The best player. Let me close. I'll close. I'll close right now. Twenty seconds. He is the. I'm, uh, uh, I could go off. McDavid is the best player the world has seen in hockey since Mario Lemieux in 1984 when he entered the league. You got to get the right lines, mate, with this with this kid. Dre's dial, yeah, they're okay, but you got to find the other winger, and it's not Spooner. Thank you for the time. Okay, thanks, Scott. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Do we have Hitch ready? All right, Oilers lose 5-2. Here's Coach Kenny Hitchcock. This game before you got here was in a tight game. They make the big mistake. They didn't do that for you in San Jose. They didn't do it for you in Anaheim, but they did tonight. Yeah, well, you know, we, we we got a real push from Los Angeles at the start of the game, and Talbot was outstanding. And then we really settled in and played very well. Played very well in the second and gave up the breakaway, which was felt like the only chance in the, in the third period they had. That's, that's tough. That's tough when you play that hard and that well to give up that chance. But we, we had uh, this three game, we had, you know, some, some really good participants and some people that we're going to need a lot more from. But I, I think today was a game uh, we made the errors we made, we made big errors. You know, we gave up a breakaway, we gave up three two-on-ones, and you know, we, we the errors that we did make today, we, we made big errors. Lucic said that it's great that their line is checking and doing all that stuff, but the puck's got to go in here at some point. I feel the same way. Well, you just want to see him rewarded because the the line's been tremendous. I mean, the line is dominating in the boards. They're 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 playing defense by hemming the other team in. They're getting numerous scoring chances. You just know that if if this is the way they're going to continue to play, you you know you're going to get um, you know you're going to get goals from them. Thank God they're they're playing because they're they're really giving us. They're giving us great minutes. You know, they're giving us 12, 13 minutes a game, but they're really solid minutes with great possession time, lots of scoring chances. So that's a good sign. Holy RV seemed to get more ice time, more responsibilities. The game went on. What did you think of his performance? I, I thought when he got up to the pace, he's getting, he got better and better, and more and more involved. And I think moving forward, uh, we we can accelerate his progress. But I I liked, I liked. As the game went on, he, he was in he was in awe of the start. But as the game went on, he got better and better, and that's a really good sign for us. So there's something to work with. You know, we have other people who are on the perimeter, and we got to get them off the perimeter. But you know, again, we're right there. Where every game here, we've been right there, and now we've got to find out 
we, we got to find out wh if we can take to another gear. And, and to me, is there's two areas of the gear. Number one is we need more people playing on the inside, and we need to make less big errors. If you're going to make mistakes, making mistakes in zone are fine, but we made big errors to give mod man rushes. Is giving him that ice time with Connor McDavid the thing that might get him going on? You know, I don't need to. To me, he just he needs to get up to pace, and that's why you, you can't do that in the American Hockey League. He's got to get up to pace. Like He was gassed at the practice yesterday, and and it was a hot tempo there. And then he got, he, he, was, he was behind at the start of the game, but he got going. And if he's going to play at this competitive level, this is, he's going to, in the next, within the next 30 days, he's going to help us a lot. When you came into coach, what was your priority and how far have you gotten in trying to change things and get it better? I'm really impressed. Um, I'm way more impressed than I am disappointed. I'm, I know, uh, I, I see a group that cares deeply. I see, I see we got to work on some things, and, and you know, I got after it today pretty good on the bench a couple of times to get people to change their thinking. But I see a lot of things that, as a coach, you got to like, like you got to really like, and and you know, there's there's a willingness to learn. So I think overall, I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited by by the potential and I know we can get better and I know that it's there but I also know that we came in three tough buildings I mean there was a lot of proud players that played down there all their best players they all got rings and those were the best players tonight and we still went at those guys pretty hard so that's a good sign Alex Chase kind of, uh, had a tough summer he didn't even necessarily have a job until he won it on a PTO uh, he's a guy who's kind of really Rob, made his own bed here you know what he is he's he's a really really smart offensive player he's got great instincts he doesn't have great foot speed but he's got great offensive instincts and then where he's really good is down low and yeah and he just he gets himself into the right spots I think we got to consider Pump, bouncing him up one notch here too so we don't want to overplay the guy but we got to consider bouncing him up he's he's being terrific for us he's he's accountable he's smart he's positionally sound and what what he lacks in foot speed he makes up for an ice management so he doesn't get himself out of position it's a good sign all right, that's Ken Hitchcock. So praising Alex Chason, who has been a bright spot for the Oilers this year, scores both their goals. He has 10 goals on the season. He had nine all of last year, but I think Hitch summed up what we were talking about it earlier, Rob. The Oilers' errors today were were big errors. Odd man rushes, rushes open chances, uh, and they lose 5-2. Kings get, did get two empty netters, but uh, they had the 3-2 lead going into the final minute. And not only did they make big mistakes, they made big mistakes against the other team's best players. You know, it's one thing to give up a two-on-one and Kyle Clifford's carrying the puck up. It's another thing when Anze Kopitar has it on his stick and he's going up with Dustin Brown. And that's a lot of that is puck management and game management. It's knowing who you're playing against when you decide to make a 50-50 play. Do I pinch here? Well, if it gets by me, risk-reward, I may keep the puck in. But if he gets behind me, it's Kopitar going down on a 2-1. You know what? Maybe this one I'm going to back off and I'm going to let the play come to me and just keep him in front of me. So that's game management. And the Oilers weren't as good as the L.A. Kings at this today, obviously, because the, the big mistakes and the big plays L.A. had. Steve texting 63630. He says, frustrating to see all the abuse McDavid takes, and then he's called for a marginal penalty when the Oilers are trying to tie it late. I agree. I, I, I thought that was a, 
uh, an iffy call. You know, that might be a call in the second period, but the, the refs had put the whistles away. I thought that, you know, just before that, McDavid had been hit in the head with a stick right in front of the net, could have called. But if, and I'm fine with them not calling it because it was incidental. But if you're not going to call that one, you can't call the one at the very end. That I, I wouldn't have made that call. I thought it was a bad call. All right. We got Wally on the line. Go ahead, Wally. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. Right on. Uh, yeah, I was just uh, wondering, uh, you know, if the Oilers were to make a move. What would it be in your guys' mind? Uh, what would be the right move for the team going forward? You know, uh, well, here's the thing. They actually have made a couple of trades in the last 10 days, uh, bringing in Spooner and Weidman. I, I, I know Bob has referenced it as well on our pregame show, Wally, and yeah. I don't know who it would be. I mean, I wonder if they might try to get a depth center because they did trade out a center with Strom. Kara can play center and did play there today. I wonder if they'd try to get somebody obviously cheaper than Strom was to play third or fourth line? I just don't know what you have to offer. I mean, that's the problem. The others don't have well, a whole lot. Yeah, you'd trade. Yeah, well, yeah, all the stock's down right now. You can't really make a big trade between all that. But um, for depth as well, what about uh, Upshaw? What's the word on his uh, status? Actually, I haven't didn't heard he anything have, about I think him. he had surgery, didn't he? Uh, I mean, you know he had that knee issue in the... In the um, and then I think it was ended up being worse than they had initially yeah, thought. Yeah, I thought there was a story recently that he had surgery. I don't think he's going to be an option, though, man. Yeah. Well, hopefully they can uh, pull something together and uh, get a get home uh, home stretch going here. Yeah. Well, they got to play better at home too, for sure. Do you want to finish the play, man? Yeah. Sure. All right, Wally, we want to put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline-pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Carter will take the draw and win the faceoff. Turning and shooting off the post is Clifford. Carter will finally walk it in to Dustin Brown. Centering pass. Kopitar fires off the post. Kopitar centers. Whacked off the crossbar by Dustin Brown. He missed a hat trick by an eyelash. Wally, would Dustin Brown finish the hat trick later in the game? Yes or no? Yes. He would. And, uh, Wally, I, yeah, I found a story in the journal a couple weeks ago that there was word he had uh, Upshaw had surgery. I haven't. I don't see anything fresher than that, but pretty sure he did. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay, Thanks, hang on the line. Kellen will take down your, uh, your information as well. It's funny how it's worked out because you look at the Oilers uh, not having a good season. Uh, and you can kind of ask yourself, uh, yes, thanks to uh, Kurt texting uh, that verifying that Upshaw had surgery. Uh, I mean, is Chason around if Upshaw doesn't have nope. any problem? Nope. And the, now Chason's one of your yeah. better players. Yeah, I mean, Upshaw was their first choice, and then when the, the knee injury kind of cropped up, they got Chason as a, you know, a backup plan. The backup plan has come into fruition as being a very good plan as he's been excellent and as you just heard Hitch talk about him, he's the kind of player that Hitch likes. And he, he does the little things. And Hitch likes guys that are detail-orientated. He's detail-orientated with a little bit of upside offensively, as we've seen so far this year. Boilers lose 5-2 to the last place Kings. We have Terry on the line. Go ahead, Terry. Hey, Rob Reed, you know, three things tonight. Number one, congratulations. You guys are the winner of the Henry Singer Brian Hall Award. I'll explain. <laughs> You only got about a minute here, Terry. 
Okay, back in the 60s, Parker and Kwong and Miles and Equiae and Bright, those guys were all gone. And uh, you guys are maintained interest in this, in this uh, team, uh, much like those two guys did back in the day. And, uh, uh, I, I, okay, I have to cut out the point number two, so I'll go to number three. Shirley's got to go. Um, I, I, I want to see Kevin Lowe in as general manager, and uh, that's all i got to say. Okay, appreciate it, Terry. Good to hear from you. All right, we do have to break for a quick midnight news update here, folks. I'll quickly uh, give you your out-of-town scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Obviously, Calgary won the Grey Cup 27-16 over Ottawa. Flames pound the Coyotes 6-1. Three shorthanded goals by Calgary. Lightning beat the Devils 5-2. Predators beat the Devils 5-2. And right here on 630 Ched, the Kings beat the Oilers 5-2. Dustin Brown gets a hat trick. You'll still hear from Captain Connor McDavid. We have Rick, Corey, Murray, and Skipper on the open line. We're coming right back. Canadian Brewhouse, Overtime Open Line, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. And it's Larson had it taken away, two on one. Brown and I follow. Brown will shoot and a save made by Talbot. Great stop, Talbot. Unfortunately, Talbot takes his sixth consecutive loss. That was a save of the game for Jiffy Lube, keeping him moving to and from the game, jiffylubeservice.ca. Good morning. It is five after midnight. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers lose 5-2 to the Los Angeles Kings. 2-2 after two. Kopitar scored a breakaway goal, 427 into the third. And then the Kings get two empty netters in the final minute. Dustin Brown, a hat trick tonight for the Los Angeles Kings. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Rick calling in. Rick, are you calling in from Arizona? I am, so. All right, well, thanks for listening. Well, another uh, tough night in the desert, I'd say. Yep. Yeah, pretty frustrating. A long-time listener. Uh, I have a radio package. Don't I? I'm not able to get to most of the Oiler games except for the Hockey Night in Canada or the other ones that are on, but Long-time listener, uh, yeah, it's just unbelievable, uh, the, the discouraging, uh, you know, uh, one step forward, two steps uh, back uh, thing. We've had one bright year in uh, far too many dark ones as far as uh, this Oiler fan is is concerned. Yeah, well, I think one that's as that, far as most of them are concerned, <laughs> Rick, absolutely. Well, I, I think so, uh, Reed, but uh, one thing... Uh, you know, it just seems like uh, most of the teams that uh, that have a little bit better uh, desperation to their game or, or a little bit more uh, grounded just seem to take care of business a lot better than than our guys do. Uh, you know, uh, I, I hear uh, I hear uh, Jack asking uh, Bob there after the broadcast, "What are we looking forward to to Dallas?" And well, Dallas is banged up, and boy, oh boy, it's almost like. Man, I hope our guys aren't reading the paper. I'm sitting here looking at the uh, at the uh, Yuma Sun, and uh, you know, you look down and at LA, absolutely the last team in the 30 team league, and it's almost like, nope, uh, trap game. Just can't take care of business. Very disappointing. Extremely disappointing. Yep. Well, like Hitch said, they made too many big mistakes tonight. 
and uh, gave up chances. And then you know, the, you know, and then when the Oilers had pressure in the in the third period, had a power play in the third period, they 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 couldn't pull even. So that's a pretty bad formula for for a game like this for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah you're, you're right. You're right about Dallas banged up backup goalie. I don't care. Go out, go and play sure. how you can play. Sure. Well, at least Bob said one one good thing tonight uh, when they were asking him about that. He said, "Hey, I'm just worried about what Edmonton's doing. Two wins in the last ten games and stuff, eh?" Yeah, for sure. One thing that I would like to uh, 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 make mention about, maybe just trying to act, uh, make the uh, the stats a little more accurate. Now, three out of the four years, I haven't heard you say it yet, but uh, you know, could have uh, had five out of a possible six and stuff like that. Uh, I I listened on the radio all three of the California swing games. Uh, uh, how many points do you think were available in these three road games? Well, I, I would have expected that they would have four would have been a good we, uh, weekend for them. I, I if looking at the beginning of the trip, I wouldn't have expected them to beat San Jose. So I would have thought that Anaheim and LA were possible. Once they beat San Jose, then I thought five or six was much more possible and, and certainly attainable. Yeah, letting some points slip away for sure. And, and again, the Pacific Division spots are still up for grabs, but right now the Oilers got some chasing to do in that regard. We'll get back to the phone lines in a second here. Connor McDavid with uh, an assist tonight. His point streak goes to six games. Here he is. Does it feel like you maybe wasted a little bit? Uh, How does you know, it feel? Yeah. <laughs> It's obviously never fun, never fun losing. Um, you know, you look at uh, last game against Anaheim, you know, 10 seconds away from you know, a really good game and a really big win. And you know, coming in here, um, I thought we did a lot of good things early and you know, kind of just one mistake that uh, that, that, that cost us. And, um, Ultimately, I couldn't get it back. This was, uh, you guys had played that game pretty well, where you, especially in Anaheim, it's a low scoring game. You never made the big mistake, right? You stuck with it, stuck with it. Tonight, you guys made the big mistake. Is that a the sign that maybe there's more work to do here? Yeah, um, there was always more work to be done. Um, like I said, in Anaheim, we never really made a huge mistake. And um, you know, tonight, uh, they just get behind us uh, at one time and, and they're able to hold on. Um, you know, they, they're a team that that's, that checks hard. Um, it doesn't matter um, what their record is or anything like that. They're a team that, that's always checked hard, and it's a tough building to win in. And um, you know, they uh, they did a good job shutting it down after they got the lead. All right, that's Connor McDavid. He had an assist on Alex Chason's power play goal in the first period. Chason scored again in the second period. Oilers had a two-one lead, but the Kings get the next four to beat Edmonton five two uh, power plays tonight, Rob. Kings will go two for five. Obviously, one of those into uh, an empty net. Oilers power plays one for three. Yeah, the Oilers, uh, when they get their power play chances in the third period and when they're successful, they usually capitalize and either to take a lead or to get themselves into overtime where they're very, very good. Uh, they had some chances. I, I, the LA Kings, I give them credit, they played with desperation. You know, in the third period, they, they, they sat back and were hoping for the clock to quickly wind down but while they were doing that they did a good job of blocking shots getting in lanes not allowing second chances so there was some desperation and and, and there should be for a team that's in dead last trying to hang on to a lead and break a five-game losing streak on home ice so deserved the two points that they got tonight all right we have murray calling in go ahead murray hello murray all right, I guess we don't have Murray calling in. Do we have Corey hanging on the line? Corey. 
This is Corey. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Hey, guys. Um, just more curious for your opinion. Um, I'm not sure what uh, Pujarvi's average time was tonight, but uh, everyone was tweeting claims that he sent down so he could keep playing more. Yeah, he played and 7.43 tonight, Corey. 7 minutes, yeah. 43 seconds. So that's the whole point of him going on to Bakersfield, and then Hitchcock calls him up, and he's still not playing very much. Yep. I'm just curious what's the point of that. Yeah, good question. Well, I, I think that they called him up because the, the Oilers had two lines the last two games that were going. They had their first line with Connor McDavid, and they had the line with Brodziak, Cassian, and, and Lucic. The other two lines were creating absolutely nothing. And I think that Hitch has seen what those players were capable of doing and felt that maybe they, they needed something different, needed a, a different skill set. He was hoping that Pugliarvi would do that. Now... Uh, Hitch has a certain type of way he wants a player to play, and early in the game he talked about it. He thought that Pugliarvi looked a step behind, which didn't earn him extra ice time. I, I think they're going to give him a chance. I wouldn't be surprised if he moves up in the lineup off the fourth line for the next game, but Pugliarvi's going to have to earn his ice time. Hitch wants him here because I don't think there is enough on the wings for this team to be successful if you want to run two strong scoring lines. All right. Uh, sorry, Marty. Is it Marty we have hanging by, hanging on? Okay, yeah. Marty, go ahead. Hi there. I'm just uh, I'm from Fort St. John. I am really wondering about the Costanen and Talbot thing. Sure. In what in what way? I I've always loved Talbot, but I like Costanen. I think he's got to take that start. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's played better than Talbot, obviously, over the last month. I wouldn't pin tonight's game on Talbot. Obviously, he had a couple pretty rough nights, but uh, I mean, uh, you know, Rob, you had goalies as teammates. Mm-hmm. I get to talk to a lot of goalies. I mean, save percentage goals against average are important, but a lot of them still say one loss record. What? Maybe some nights I gave up four or five, but I was still better than the other guy and won, and and Koskinen has been more likely to be that guy recently for the Oilers. He has been, and it would have been very easy to start Koskinen in the game today. Uh, He's been the better goalie, but I think the Oilers need Talbot. If they want to be a playoff team, they they need Talbot because they don't know what Koskinen can do over an entire season. He hasn't done it in the National Hockey League. They're playing the last-place team. They're playing a team that cannot score in the L.A. Kings, and they are hoping this would be a bounce-back game for Cam Talbot. He was good. He just wasn't as good as the guy on the other end. All right, Oilers lose 5-2. We got Skipper, Dylan, and Nick up next on the phone lines. You'll also hear from... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Alex Chason, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 All right, we're into Monday morning. It's 12-17, LA Kings 5, Edmonton Oilers 2 is your final. Dustin Brown with 3 for the Kings. Kopitar and Luff also scored. Chason had both 
for the Oilers. Shots were 34-32 in favor of the Oilers. They did have some pressure in the third, couldn't tie it up. Kings put it away with two empty netters along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for staying up. The Calgary Stampeders won the Grey Cup 27-16. Key play, Terry Williams' 97-yard punt return right at the end of the first half for a touchdown. Uh, that was the first punt return touchdown since 1996 in the Grey Cup for face-off trivia. Who had that punt return? Jimmy the Jet Cunningham for Toronto against Edmonton. Jason got it right. He's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card from Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. AlpineCredits.ca. I did not know that. And you could have given me his nickname, and I would not have guessed that. Well, I had to look it up. Well, they did They did display it on the TSN television broadcast that he had a, uh, a punt return in the Grey Cup. I gave the hint that it wasn't Gizmo, because mm-hmm. Toronto played Edmonton in that game, and Gizmo did run a kickoff back in that game. But once I said it wasn't Giz, I think some people had to do some Googling. I might have thrown out Pinball Clemens. I don't even know if he was well, even close to playing uh, it, but I know he was a... Returner for Toronto. And Patrick said a couple people guessed uh, Rocket Ismail, who oh, had yeah. a punt return touchdown in the 91 Great Cup. Oh. But by that time, he was already back in the NFL in 96. That was a good guess. All right, Oilers lose 5-2. Skipper's on the line. Go ahead, Skipper. Hey, guys. A uh, long-time uh, listener, and I just want to say thank you uh, so much for all that you do, and we, we really appreciate you, the fans here in Edmonton. Oh, thank you very much. I'm a local calling in, and I just want to shed some light there at the end of the game. Like, what happened with that penalty? Like, it looked like we were getting a five-on-three. Oh, the other play, yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. It, sorry, go on. No, I, I agree. I, I it To me, there a lot of times if on a follow-through, and I don't know if it's an unwritten rule or if it's a rule, but a follow-through, they don't usually call a penalty. On that one, though, he didn't follow through because he didn't shoot the puck because he missed the puck. And two, normally the follow-through, and this is just my interpretation of it, when you follow through on a shot and you hit someone in the head, normally it's because the player that's defending is bent over. So your stick comes up, clips them, you know, waist high. Oscar Clefbaum was standing straight up. And Brown, Dustin Brown took a shot, then he missed the puck, and he high-stuck Oscar Clefbaum, who was standing straight up. To me... That is an automatic two-minute penalty, I, I, and that is a game-changer. That's a five-on-three for a minute 48. So I don't know why they change it. My guess is the linesman or the other referee stepped in and said no, that it was a follow-through and it's not a, not a penalty. But I think, to me, that, that's a penalty every single time, and I think the refs made a mistake there. Yeah, I agree. One other thing that I uh, can't help but shed some light on, but in a game like this, you really... You wonder what the Oilers would look like if if we would have kept Hall, you know, if we would have had Hall with McDavid up there. You know, I just I can't believe some of some of the big moves that we made just didn't pan out. Like credit credit this really for for some of the smaller signings. Like Chase on was a good signing, and Maroon was a good signing as well. But some of these big moves just yeah, really hurt yeah. us. I think. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I know we've talked about that. Uh... For sure. Thanks, Skipper. That uh, definitely, and I mean, with this shortage on the wings, you wonder if, I, I mean, look, one of Hall or Eberle was getting traded. We we knew that going into that, that summer. There's or, a big difference the between the two players, but, though. One's, one's oh, sure, but, but, yeah. we knew, but we knew one of them was going to get traded. Yeah. That's what oh, I'm yeah. saying. We knew both of them wouldn't be on the team going forward. Dylan on the line. Thanks, Dylan. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I was just wondering about depth centers. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I was looking at a few players, and I was looking at Nick Benino and Carl Soderberg. So I was wondering what you guys think about that take. Uh, I mean, I, I've always been a fan of Nick Benino. Um, he, he's older now. I don't even know how old he is, and I'm not sure what's his availability. Um, it's Soderberg. I don't even actually. I don't even know where Soderberg is right now. Where is he? Is he Boston? No, we just saw him a couple weeks ago. Benino was only thirty. Uh, he makes one point nine million, and Soderberg is. And where's Bonino in Nashville? Yeah. Soderberg is Colorado. He is thirty three. He makes he makes five million. Yeah, the Oilers aren't going to trade for Soderberg. Yeah, <laughs> not at five million dollars to be a depth center. Uh, Bonino, but then again, I mean Nashville. I'm not sure Nashville wants to mess with whatever they got going on because they are a good hockey club. But I mean, both both centermen are. I mean, they would certainly both help the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know the odds of either one ever. Coming Benino here. has 11 points in 24 games. That's pretty good. He'd be center. one of the Oilers' better scorers <laughs> up front. Uh, Nick on line six. Go ahead, Nick. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. That's good. A quick question. Uh, I listen to you guys' show all the time after every hockey game, but uh, it's always excuse and excuse and excuse. Um, how come nobody ever says the truth? What's what's truth? Exactly. Tell me. No, you tell. Well, what do you ask him? What, what's what, the question? What's, what do you well, think? Like, you know, they blame Shirelli. They blame McClellan. They blame Hall. They blame. It's always a blame game, and uh, it's this person or that person. It's the players. Bottom line. Any anywhere in the world, when you don't get results, you have consequences. What are these guys' consequences? Well, absolutely they, nothing. So they've traded a bunch of the players away. I mean, they got rid of they a number of players, huh? I'm, well, so, I'm sorry to say it, but they probably want to go. Wouldn't you? Okay, but I'm missing your point here. You're yeah, saying like that the players have the to truth, be held accountable. The, the and truth is, I'm a big-time Oilers fan. I'm not a hater. I, I watch every game, and I listen to you guys show all the time. The truth is, guys shouldn't play. I don't care if you're making six million. I don't care if you're making a hundred million. I don't care if you're a GQ model. If you don't produce, you don't play. Let somebody else play. Who, who, they're losing anyways. Bring up Benson. He has more heart than the whole team. Right, but there, there's there's roster regulations and, and rules as to uh, moving players up and down and how many guys you can have on your roster. So there there are some... There's regulations to who you can bench? There, well, you can only have so many players well, you can only, you can only You can only have 23 active players. So yeah. if, if you benched six guys, you couldn't call six guys up from the farm. That would be illegal. I don't know. Oh, no, I, I do know. That's that's a no, fact. Saying, you couldn't I, carry I 29 guys. Yeah, I don't know. All, all I'm saying is basically I'm a huge Oilers fan, and I, I want the best. I, I'd like to see them win. But it just seems like the truth is there's never any consequences. and they. Yep, but we just talked it. about the consequences. Players have been moved out over the last couple of years. Like, big-name players have moved because there's been a lack of success here in Edmonton. Those are consequences. Hall's gone because they never had success. Everly's gone happy. because they didn't have success. I bet you a hole and everybody's happy. I bet you Schultz happy. Yeah, but, but I'm missing what? your... But Schultz, I don't see your point, Schultz. though. You you just said they weren't held accountable, and I just said those guys were moved out because they were held accountable. It's probably what they wanted. I don't know. I, maybe I'm wrong, but I just think that it's, it's not fair. They're just... They're not... You know, if I was an Edmonton Oiler, if I was a hockey player, and I know I'm uh, coming up on a seven-game road trip, and it's, most of them are against divisional teams, and I know if I win five of those seven or whatever it was, I'm going to be like in a great shape to make the playoffs. I lost yeah. every one of them. 
Yeah, but that's but that's why that's why people criticize Shirelli, though, Nick. That's that's not an excuse. That's an analysis of how the team has been put together. That yeah. the players aren't aren't good enough. I mean, some, I sometimes sometimes I people like it's not always. Oh, if they only just tried harder, you know, like did the Oilers beat San Jose because San Jose didn't try hard enough, or did they just exactly. happen to win that game? San right. Jose, San Jose wasn't involved. But I tell you what, they won their next game. They're not losing. Good teams. Uh, it's just it's it's mind-boggling, guys. And listen, I like you guys. I listen to you guys, like I say, every game. I watch every other game. It's just it boggles my mind because I know any person, if they had a chance to be in that position that Edmonton was in with their road, with their games in hand that they were going to play, and they lost them. Yeah, but I maybe guess, the others just aren't good enough. Exactly. That's the truth, and it's, and it's not. I'm telling you, it's not McClellan. McClellan is an all-star coach. It's the players. Bottom line, there's no no heart. This team will never ever ever do anything. They just don't have heart. You trying to tell me Hopkins? Hopkins is an unbelievable player. Drysaitel, McDavid. You guys can't beat L.A. Who are 35 years old plus? Yeah, but those those guys that are in L.A. They're 35. Have three uh, three Stanley Cups. Exactly. In nineteen in two Stanley Cups, sorry. Yeah. Two thousand five. No no, it's been since so been two thousand five. It's been a lot lot sooner than that. And they're in their prime. I don't know, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling, honestly. And I, I actually I actually feel bad for McDavid. Like I see him at every single time, every play. I get it, he should have the puck all the time. But it's like here you do it. Here you get it done. It's like if I'm at work. Nick, go take out the garbage. Nick, clean up the floor. Nick, go check the stock. Nick, come on. You think, ah, I don't know. This team's in big trouble. Like, big, big trouble. Yeah, what do you do for uh, a living, I don't Nick? think they care. They don't, it's the truth. The truth. People got us, every time everybody comes on here, they don't talk about the truth. Yes, we do. We, we do, that's all we do is tell the truth. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about the callers. Well, they just have questions in their own comments, Nick. That's all. Uh, uh, it's frustration. Honestly, frustration. But I get it. I guess you can only do with what you got, but... All right, Nick. There's got to be a penalty. That's it. Okay. Have a good night, Nick. Oilers lose 5-2 to the Los Angeles Kings. Well, he is right. It's a team the Oilers should beat. So they better beat them on Thursday. Well, they're going to... Yeah, chance for retribution. We have Jonathan on the line. Hello, Jonathan. Hi. How you doing? Doing great. Right on. Yeah, I just wanted to say, I don't think the Oilers are as bad as what everyone thinks they are. I think uh, bringing Hitchcock in was a was a really good move on the management team, and and uh, I think it'd be a terrible idea to fire Peter Torelli uh, during the season. And uh, I'm not even sure they should fire Peter Torelli at all. Like I, I could see them maybe making some moves on their management team, but but uh, I think if Hitchcock gets the team trending in the right direction, then uh, I think the future is brighter than than. Uh, and darker for the Oilers. Well, I don't. I, I don't think Peter Shrella be anything will be done during the season. I think the where the Oilers are at season's end will dictate whether Peter Shrella is here next year or not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like a lot of NHL teams, like everybody needs something. Like everybody has gaping holes. And last week on TV, like when they fired McClellan, like on the on the, on the sports shows on TSN and Sports Central, like. They were just like shooting the orders down big time, and uh, but we have we still have a lot of skilled players, and we have a lot of players that a lot of other teams would, 
Well, well that, and that's that's one of the reasons that the, the the pundits are saying that the there's more than just a coaching problem here because of the players that the Oilers have. Everyone else in the NHL would love to have, yet they're still not having success. Yeah, yeah. But but let's hope, like like I think Hitchcock's move in the right direction, and, and uh, you know I really like just the way he does interviews and, and the way he talks, and he seems calm. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm just really happy the Oilers hired him. All right, Jonathan. Hope to talk to you again. Okay. Thank you. Rob, next game against Dallas. What's your adjust- or yeah against Dallas? What's your adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors? If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Well, the reason they lost today's game was the big mistake. Cut out the big mistake. The way they played against Anaheim was much better than the way they played against the LA Kings. Too many big mistakes when the best players were on the ice. Game management. You got to manage the game much better than they did against the LA Kings. All right, Oilers lose five two to the Kings. This gentleman had both goals for Edmonton. Here's Alex Chase on. Yeah, it's a tough league. It uh, doesn't matter who you play. The other teams come come play, and they want to win as well. So um, I think our, our compete level, our, our attention to details um, has to has come up a little higher. And um, the rest of it, we're, we're doing fine. We're... Guys are, are creating offense, and uh, we're defending better. We've getting we've been getting great goaltending lately, and um, that's key in this league. So I think it's on us here as uh, players now to uh, buy in into what uh, you know Hitch is the way he wants us to play. He's a guy that's been around, and he knows what it's take it takes to win in this league. So. Um, you need every guy in the lineup to buy in and to uh, play in the right way. And um, I think we have enough talent here to be a successful team. It's come down to a couple of third periods too. Eh? I mean, what, what uh, yeah. is different in, in, in that uh, kind of stretch that's uh, prevented you guys from, from taking wins? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, it's not like we're trying to force the play and to create offense. Uh, you know, bad bounce here and there, but... Um, we got to stick with it for longer. Uh, you know, they played last night. We're, we're coming off a, a fresh day here. And, um, we should be able to push the game into the last five, six minutes and make them defend. And, um, when you're chasing by a goal, I thought, you know, at the end of the game, we did that. But we got to do that when the game's tied, when the game, you know, is on the line. Um, can't afford playing behind the eight ball for, for that long. So, um, we got... I think we, we learned a lot uh, the last three games, but um, it's on us here, like I said, on players to making sure our, our effort is, is there for longer during the, team, the game. Divisional points are tough to give up, I imagine, too. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, um, you know, for the first, uh, I don't know how many games, we, we didn't play any division games, and now I think our last five have been in our division, and we've been, you know, a point here, get to... Um, Gave one. I thought, you know, they played well tonight, but I thought we gave up, you know, at least a point. Um, we're gonna make them, like I said, play till the end. And um, but it's a long season. I think we're we're right in the mix here of of doing good things. So um, uh, it's on us as players to take it to the next level here. And um, we got two games at home here coming up, and those are will be key games for us to play home in front of our fans. Uh, get the momentum going our way. 
That is the Edmonton Oilers' third leading goal scorer. He gets both for Edmonton tonight, now 10 on the season for Alex Chason, but nobody else scores, and Dustin Brown gets three for L.A. Kings beat Edmonton 5-2. Okay, next broadcast, 5.30 face-off show on Tuesday, game at 7 as the Oilers will host the Dallas Stars. Thanks to our studio producer, Patrick Bauer. Thanks to all of you for listening and calling in tonight. Canadian Brewhouse presented by Overtime Open Line. Oh, by, my God, I need us. I need to go to bed. Uh, Overtime Open Line presented by Canadian Brewhouse. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.